Today is Saturday, October 8th, 2022. This is episode 28. And today we're talking about the Salem Witch Trials. I'm Megan Slater. And I'm Megan Aki. And this is Epic Fails of, uh, History. Something wicked this way comes. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. The only thing we have to fear is fear When the president does it, that means that it is not illegal. Epic fails. How very little can be done under the spirit of fear. Florence Nightingale. The night of October 31st has a long, complicated history. What we now call Halloween first began as All Hallows' Eve, the night before All Saints' Day and All Souls' Day. But much like other Christian holidays like Easter and Christmas, its traditional pagan origins were adopted and reworked by the Catholic Church to fit their narrative. Thousands of years ago, the ancient Celtics honored their fallen on Samhain, the end of the summer harvest and the start of the dark winter ahead. They believed that the veil between the living and the dead was lifted during this time. After conquering the region, the Roman Empire soon incorporated these traditions into their own festivals, including Feralia, which commemorated the passing of the dead. In 731 CE, Pope Gregory III declared the holiday All Saints Day on November 1st. Centuries later, Mexico's Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, took this tradition in another direction. Instead of mourning for the loss of the loved ones, Many Latin cultures celebrated their ancestors with a colorful festival of joy and remembrance. The families of the departed will often leave out food at the graves of their loved ones and light candles next to their photos. In the U.S., many of our Halloween traditions have their roots in the late 1800s, with people dressing up and playing tricks on one another. In the 1950s, the holiday took on a more family-friendly angle with communities giving out candy to children in an attempt to curtail teenage vandalism. Today, Halloween has become a mainstream holiday internationally, but there are still many around the world who honor the spirits of those who have since passed on. Which cross the sea of time to bring our loved ones in. So in, so in, we honor all our kin. We honor those who've gone before, and the great wheel turns again. Hey, Megan. Hey, Megan. You just recently came back from Salem, right? Yeah, I just went there on a trip. Uh, did you know that they killed witches there? Yes, definitely. They suck. I'm really like wanting to know more about it. Do you know anyone who might know more? Um, I think there's somebody who might know more and somebody that the listeners might actually know as well. Because today we are joined by Eric Slater. Hey, guys. And Justin Aki. Aren't we supposed to be on a podcast? Yeah, I mean... Is this your podcast, Eric? Aren't you on every podcast, always, ever? (laughs) Or editing one or the other. Um, No, hey, folks. Welcome to... uh, 
Epic Fails of History, hosted yeah. by Eric Slater here. So yeah, this is uh, episode 28. We're talking about the Salem Witch Trials. And I just thought it'd be kind of fun to, um, you know, we got Halloween coming up. Uh, and this is one of those topics that tends to come up around this time of year. Yeah, we're joined by our wives. Um, which, which <laughs> oh, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh... No, uh, we're joined by our husbands. <laughs> see, see that, that's how this usually works. We start something and the girls just take it over. So eventually they're going to have to watch some sort of series for Podcasters Assemble. But, you know, we'll, uh, we'll start off with, with some history stuff. How's that sound? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we typically do on this podcast, right? Um, I guess so. <laughs> they don't listen to it. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, like this, this is a, uh, a very interesting topic, and it's nice to have a female perspective on here. Definitely. Yeah, we, uh, we didn't really want to mansplain about something. We, we felt like it, it would maybe be good to get another perspective on, on, this, uh, on this topic. Considering most of the people involved with this topic were white males, landowners. So. Fucking patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what, what what are we talking about? I mean, my wife went to Boston um, on my dime, not nonetheless. But what's the what's the what's the chat here? Yeah. So uh, today we're talking about the Salem witch trials. These first occurred back in uh, colonial Massachusetts in uh, between 1692 and 1693. Uh, of course, there was a whole history of witch witch hunts, witch trials that dated back to the to the 1300s throughout Europe, and really. The Salem Witch Trials, even though it's one of the most notorious ones, it was really at the tail end of that era. This was kind of one of the last big events of its kind, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, Europe was already over burning all their witches. They were, <laughs> that was they so were done last, and over last with. Century. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they had moved on. But the Puritans, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the Puritans. Oh, uh, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and you also got to think. This happened between 1692 and 1693, and it wasn't the full year of each. No. They, they actually sent for instructions to England, and it was over by the time the instructions came back. So th- this mm. is a just a small period of time. Yeah. Still pretty horrible. Definitely worth mentioning. Definitely worth learning about. Later on, we'll get into a little bit about uh, the earlier witch trials and uh, some of that craziness, because... It's crazy. It's really crazy. There's a documentary uh, out there called uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> and and they really talk about how, how they tracked down witches and figured out what was going on with them. We have found the witch. Might we burn her? Huh? Who do you know she is a witch? She looks like one. Bring her forward. Not a witch, I'm not a witch. But you are dressed as one. They dressed me up like this. And this isn't my nose, it's a false one. Well, we did do the nose and the hat, but she's a witch. Did you dress her up like this? No! 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 Yes, yes, yes. A bit, a bit, a bit. She has got a wart. What makes you think she is a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt. A newt. Got better. Best documentary ever. And and there's even some like measures written into the to the law nowadays about uh, if a witch floats or if, mm-hmm. if a witch is heavier than a duck. So it's very interesting uh, to look at the history from that point. And that as we point. go into Salem, I will say Monty Python and the Holy Grail is hilarious. One of my favorite comedies. But you're right. That scene with the witches is barely satire. It's almost completely on point with some of the things we're going to talk about. Before we really get into the nitty gritty with this, I do want to kind of set the stage here. This um, 
was Salem Village, not to be confused with Salem Town. This is something uh, Megan actually pointed out to me that I wasn't even aware of. Which Megan? Uh, my, my wife, Megan. <laughs> Slater. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, there was um, Salem Village, which is where everything started, and Salem Town, which is the present day Salem, Massachusetts. And Salem Village is now Danvers, Massachusetts. I believe that's where the actual hangings did occur. Yes, that was where everybody, all these cast of characters lived at the time, and there was actually a big rivalry between Salem Village and Salem Town. Salem Town was more of a port, and so it had, you know, the commerce and everything, and Salem Village was more farming and agriculture. Yeah. I mean, today you can take the tea all the way over the, the train itself. You can take it 15, 20 minutes from right. Boston downtown to, to Salem itself. Yep. But back in the day, this has been like a one to two day trip right. to get yeah. to Boston to talk to the magistrate of the colony. That's so th- this, is, this is like, they are a remote ass area and they're remote from their neighbors too. Yeah. I mean, this is still Indian country. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And all the of the neighbors hated each other. Oh yeah. Everybody was miserable and suspicious and superstitious. And if your cow fell sick, it was somebody's fault. So it's still Boston. Got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to clarify. We love Boston. Everyone here loves Boston. I, I don't, don't, love don't, Boston. don't, don't hate us in the comments. Um, so this was following King William's war with France. And it's worth noting that a lot of people had been displaced Resources were dwindling, which created a lot of public unrest in the region, especially Salem Village. A lot of the refugees from where the war was taking place came into Massachusetts, um, putting strain on the local systems, and plus the ongoing threat of, you know, attacks from the natives. There was a smallpox epidemic that had occurred recently, and also all this occurred during what's known as the Little Ice Age which began around the year 1300. And there was even a larger dip in the climate around the year 1570, and that lasted for over 100 years. So this is all right in that cluster of things. (laughs) I mean, even going back to like the time frame, this happened in the late 1600s, give or take, but Jamestown, I mean, we're talking about like the first colony. It only started in the early 1600s. Right. Yeah. So, this yeah. is not these, even 100 years. These, this is not like they're an established like no. state. They, they, they have some territory. It's not marked out. It's, yeah. I mean, we talked about later on that some of these people came down from Maine, which was territory, just yeah. open-ended. It was New Hampshire at the time. Yeah. But like the whole state area, like this was, there was no America. This was no. us camping out on a different continent. Well, and interestingly, too, um, the laws at the time where it was near lawlessness, like right. nobody knew what was going on. Yep. The colony originally had a charter from the king, mm-hmm. but it was revoked because of uh, religious and political tension between the colony and the crown. Mm-hmm. And um, the Your general attention. court wrote the Body of Liberties in 1641, which was the first legal code established in New England. Uh, Witchcraft under that was considered a capital offense, which that law was on the books. But the charter was revoked, and the trials occurred after the temporary suspension of the colony charter. And the new governor and the new charter arrived in 1692, 
and the general court at the time hadn't had enough time to put any laws, any actual tangible laws on the books as to how to handle cases like this. Yeah, it's really interesting because, uh, you know, the government was across the ocean, basically. You know, the, the English crown, like it would take, I want to say months to, to actually enforce any actual legislation uh, from over there. So they kind of were on their own in a lot of ways. And yeah, I mean, so at least, and this goes back to more like American history, yeah. we had common law to guide us. Mm-hmm. But if you needed an actual decision, what common law was, we didn't have the, the Supreme Court. Right. You had, you had what we've been doing in the past. And that was written down. That was codified. You had sure. law books. I mean, people oh, had yeah. books. Right. Yeah. There was lawyers for yeah. sure. Yeah. But, oh, uh, what does this really mean? Send a letter. Two months later, they get it. Two months later, you get it back. Yeah. So, and, 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 wait, wait, that's if they got it immediately and responded immediately. If they have to go to their own system in place, like two, three months of them deciding, I mean, look how long it takes the Supreme Court in America to work on right. now. They had to do that and then send the letter back on the ship and hope the ship caught the winds. Oh, yeah. it's winter. It's going to take a little longer. Well, in the, in the colonies were kind of like, I want to say kind of like considered second class citizens almost compared to the people in England. Because they were they were always like kind of like an afterthought, and that was kind of what led to the. Because we were supposed to be that. providing them with timber right. and riches. That's all. Yeah, we, we, we were we were redheaded stepchild and the hicks, mm-hmm. the fodder so, on the front lines. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like we said, this was right after the war, uh, smallpox um, uh, epidemic, all these kind of um, you know one thing after another. It was just it must have been awful to live back then, honestly. Um, so the Puritans being, you know, the religious, um, how do I put that? They're the ones who came here for a chance to practice their religion as free as they could. For sure. Yeah, they, um, they basically fled England due to their opinion that the church had strayed too far from the original doctrine. So they were taking it back to the word of the Lord. They were extreme, (laughs) extreme literalists. So they were very superstitious about a lot of stuff. And, you know, if there was a problem, you go to the Bible. That was their way. Martin Luther too. So when all these problems start happening, of course, it's the work of the devil. Like that's just the way their society was. It sounds like their separation of church and state is very similar to these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you really, there's so many historical examples of this that we've talked about on this podcast where like whenever you have a combination of church and state, it always ends up being a problem. And it's no different here for sure. Even within the the villages and the towns themselves, differing opinions on how to interpret their version of the Bible, mm-hmm. we could they could be from the same period of sect and want right. to kill each other. Yeah. Because, you know, killing was totally allowed in the Bible. For sure. Um, well, and in fact, at the time, Samuel, Samuel Paris, uh, the reverend in Salem Village, actually differed from many of his contemporaries mm-hmm. because yeah. the Puritan church at the time was losing attendance because, you know, they weren't very much fun. And so they were losing members. And, and people were um, miserable and the church was not helping. Yeah, other <laughs> ministers put in reforms to draw more people in. and Other ministers Sam- also did their own work and cut their own firewood. <laughs> and this guy did not even think that was yeah, a Yeah, Samuel Paris was like, I'm having none of that. It was, you know, everybody must be miserable all the time. And we're, we're not changing anything and going, yeah, yeah. going Living back. on earth yeah. is God's punishment for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's worth pointing out, uh, Reverend Paris actually owned a couple slaves. So, you know, like... 
And, and it was not. an interesting combination of slaves, too. He had mm-hmm. one of the, I would say, Tainos. We couldn't really know now. Tiano, but yeah, Tianos. Yeah, 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 from, from some, like, from Caribbean. Uh, and you're yeah. like... I think she was from Barbados, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so I'm like, it's an interesting person for an English Puritan to have a slave like that. Like, that's a weird trade. I believe he was down there. Yeah, he... Because he was born in England, and his family, I believe, owned a plantation in Barbados, and that's where he got Tichaba, and then I think he sold the plantation. I don't know. I'm not clear mm. on that. Yeah, but he, he, this guy basically failed at everything that he he ever tried. He went to a university and didn't yeah. wasn't able to finish and. Yeah, and then yeah. he decided I'll just be a Puritan minister. I can do that. <laughs> I can scam people a different way. Right. No, I was going to say it might be interesting to bring up how uh, boring it was to be a female, especially a young female yeah. at the time. In fact, too. if you want to speak to that. Well, I was just reading about how uh, like being like a young preteen back in Salem at that time, you were the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> no Roblox. No, no rights. <laughs> no one listened to you. You had yeah. nothing to, like, when you were done with your chores, you had nothing to entertain you. So I think that's where a lot of this kind of starts, where yeah. your accusers kind of come from. Well, women weren't even really seen as people, basically. Yeah, they're, they're... I mean, even, okay, if you divorced and you owned some property, you were a person, you were not a well-liked person, but a preteen girl or a preteen, like a child, a child female worthless can't carry on the fairy name can't can't own a thing until your husband takes you all sorts of like i want to point out this is not justin's opinion this is what they <laughs> thought back then well and this is also the the uh, the time when you know children should be seen and not heard so yeah all children you know spare the rod spoil the child right. you know the puritans were really really big i mean labor kind of laws child labor laws didn't come in no because that's the whole reason years, you so. had kids yeah. was to be farm hands and, and most of them your didn't farm. make it so you just had a bunch of <laughs> but them correction like, only the yeah. male children were actually of substance for farm hands they were the ones that took care of the animals or did hunting or did the cleanup the women had to do all the housework and that including getting the water every day for the family getting all the garden stuff Doing all the the cooking. Doing all the cooking. And and cooking back then was not, let's turn on the stove. No, it would take all day. You have to cut the firewood, (laughs) bring it to the stove, start your water in the morning. the cauldron. Yeah. Yeah. Fill the wheat to make the bread. Yeah. 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 No joke. Probably had some bomb ass sourdough though. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one out of the pro and con list. That's the one pro. So you're saying we have something in common with the Salem people is COVID gave us sourdough and they had sourdough every day. Got it. Thanks. (laughs) Hey, I mean, at least we have AC, you know, no complaints. (laughs) Prior to the Salem witch trials, few witches were actually executed in New England. Oh. By English tradition, when a witch was convicted, you needed to have clear, convincing proof. And that was either a confession quote-unquote, evidence and testimony of a minimum of two trustworthy people. And these were people that weren't found to have a conflict of interest, you know, or anything like that. And when we get into it, we'll see that that all went right out the window with the Salem witch Starting trials. Starting backwards, that conflict of interest, like, number one, broke Yes. Did you say they weren't, like, people weren't killed before this? Um, in in New, New England. England. Well, I've heard in Connecticut there was, like, because in Hartford, Connecticut, there were like 14 witches. It were... wasn't, no, it was few. Few, few. witches because the bar was high for... 
Okay. You know, the, the proof. I just didn't want to Compared to you. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. wanted to. Yeah. That's why it was like sideways. Oh, okay. To yeah. speak to this, the Connecticut witch trials, which is the Hartford witch trials, from 1647 to 1663. Oh. That's a long period of time for that many witches. There was 37 cases, 11 of which which ended in execution. Wow. So, I mean, if you're, if, if you're saying that they actually had evidence that they were going off like the common law of the king's way to execute a witch. Right. And, and yeah. then Salem was like... I like him. We gonna kill him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're one step away from putting a cross burner in the front yard, but right. it's just a bunch of little girls talking about pinpricks. So yeah, basically, it, it was spectral evidence was the linchpin, and it, this was the the difference in the Salem witch trials to the others. Yeah. Was uh, spectral evidence was permissible in the court? It was mm. like dreams. Like yeah, it was basically somebody could say that they had a dream and such and such showed up in their dream and tortured them. And then, yeah, that's proof that that person is a witch. Man. <laughs> I had some messed up dreams last night, but I don't think I can accuse them of witchcraft if they were in my dreams. It's like, that guy sucks. <laughs> um, just to throwing it out there, looking at the Connecticut witch trials, I know that's not what we're covering tonight, but there was an, a descendant in that Connecticut witch trial who was executed for dancing around a tree while drinking liquor. Well, yeah. after the recording tonight, I might dance around my backyard tree and <laughs> I will time. be executed. Got it. So. <laughs> Witches, daughters of darkness, open this door. Witches, uh, there be no witches here, sir. Don't get your neck on a twist. We are just three kindly old spitzer ladies. It all started in January of 1692 when three young girls started having fits that a local doctor attributed to supernatural means. The girls were Elizabeth, age 9, Abigail Williams, age 11, and Anne Putnam, also 11. Elizabeth happened to be the daughter of Reverend Samuel Paris, who we mentioned earlier, and Abigail was his niece. Now, in the 70s, uh, there was scientific evidence that suggested that the girls' odd behavior and hallucinations were the result of either bacteria or mold. One of the uh, theories proposed was that it was the fungus ergot, ergot, ergot uh, which is actually can be found in rye or wheat, and it's what later led to the creation of LSD. Now, keep in mind with the LSD stuff, like... They were also investigating LSD in the seventies. So right. it's if so if was... if a hammer if a hammer hits a nail, this is my nail. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna use this hammer every single time. So it could have been It the... was more of a theory than yeah. actual evidence that they were yeah, looking sorry. for you know, when you're viewing things through that lens, you'll you'll Maybe find Maybe they were yes. crazy because of LSD. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> but yeah. it turns out, I guess there's um, been more recent evidence that can that Seems to yeah, well, um, ergot poisoning comes with, you know, things other than, you know, hallucin hallucinations and such like that, you know. And Lethargia, vomiting, diarrhea. Um, when you're in the middle of nowhere, you know, Boston, it, it's not a good thing to have. So you would notice if it was ergot poisoning. There would have been something written. There was so much yeah none, none of these <laughs> none of these accusers had any of that you know yeah. otherwise it would have been recorded so. for sure for sure yeah we, we can so go I into motives later but this is there's other motives involved in this and yeah. it definitely wasn't just like i was poisoned yeah yeah definitely <laughs> so everything kind of came to a head on february 29th the three girls blamed three women for their affliction tichiba the reverend's caribbean slave sarah good a homeless beggar, and Sarah Osborne, an impoverished woman in the village. 
Can we talk about how messed up that there's a homeless person in the middle of the frontier? Yeah, easy scapegoats. Yeah, yeah, right, right there. And then you got to consider that two of the girls were related to the Reverend. Something just is kind of fishy about all of this. Yeah. Well, and also Abigail had seen some shit. So yeah, that she was her family one of the. Uh, transplants from the the wars yeah yeah Yeah, her whole village was slaughtered or something like that yeah it's some yeah 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 so i mean again probably had ptsd i I don't want to skip too far ahead because we're going to talk about this later but generally we we spoke about how women have nothing going on for them in in this frontier life besides cooking making sure the men are taken care of making sure the animals are fed you you need something to entertain yourself and they were literally not allowed to have entertainment because the reverend probably looked at any book was the devil so uh, you couldn't really get stuff you couldn't really play playing hoops devil yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah definitely. bobby boucher that's the devil yeah, yeah. So, dancing, I mean, dancing was right out yeah, I mean, yeah. you're reading that's witchcraft yeah you know, like. and, and if I mean, you're female yeah, if you're yes. female yeah yes. it's a double standard for so sure they did have taverns back in the day in fact this town probably had a tavern but also tavern was your local center it was a place you you, it's, you know people stayed over for the night this was like somewhere you got food so it's not exactly like they had a bar situation going on yeah and again reverend devil so <laughs> so again the, right. these these children needed something to entertain and themselves by all accounts he was a miserable bastard too so <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> so good and osborne both pleaded innocent tichaba confessed that she was enticed by the devil and claim that there were other witches who were seeking to destroy Salem. Now, there's a couple possible reasons as to why she did that. Well, keep in mind, she is the slave yes. of this minister. Yeah. She lives in his house, and yeah. these children of his household yeah. accused her, mm-hmm. one of the first of the accused. So yeah. what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, like it's kind of understandable if you put yourself in her shoes— she was trying to stay alive. She was trying to deflect blame for her own sake, and I can't blame her one bit. But yeah. and, and going back, Megan, you said that most of the people who were accused eventually were, were just let go. Like there, there's there's no punishment. The people who pleaded innocent mm-hmm. were eventually murdered or something. So so yeah, I think it was if you pleaded guilty, mm-hmm. you were let go, and if you pleaded innocent then you were basically a witch and got oh yeah yeah because that that was kind of the reason and that was a a very puritanical thing was Mm -hmm. confessing of the sins if you quote unquote you know told the truth and confessed to being a witch and seemed repentant for your accused evil deeds Mm -hmm. then you were seem to be redeemed and yeah just give us some names of some other people that were <laughs> right. you know in the book of the devil you're, you're gonna tell you. the reverend's yeah. daughter who the reverend who owns you yeah that she's wrong and then his whole family is wrong mm-hmm. the man who owns you you're an illiterate slave in the middle of a country you don't live in so yeah i can see why she would be like yeah, yes her I, life I did whatever <laughs> literally depended mm-hmm. on you know her saying whatever was required for right. her to say and there's a part of me that kind of wonders, like, in her mind, was she like, oh, if I, if I say this, this will really rile them up. Like, they'll start, you know, attacking each other or something, you know. Like, I just kind of wonder, like, you know, what, you know, 
the mindset there. Well, a lot of the dramatizations of this, you know, yeah. have have her as actually practicing voodoo and all that. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't you know, know that there's any there's actual no, evidence. Yeah, there's, where was she going to get the supplies for that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I go back to practical means. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, can I have them chicken bones right there? Because I need to form an exorcism going on. I don't know. What the hell? So, unfortunately, the Reverend uh, believed every bit of it and threw all three women in jail. And shortly after paranoia spread, uh, charges were soon brought against Martha Corey and Sarah Good's four-year-old daughter, Dorothy, followed by dozens of more accusations. Okay, so the homeless beggar had a daughter on the streets of this small-ass town in New England. Like, what kind of miserable place was this to be? You were homeless in the middle of New England. They have winters there. We're in Florida right now. It's currently 76 degrees outside (laughs) at... 8.30 8.30 at night. <laughs> so on a future episode, we're going to be talking about the first Thanksgiving. A lot of people didn't survive that winter. You know, like that's and thing. This is not much longer after that, you know. But what, the wonderful natives uh, taught us about corn. Isn't that, isn't <laughs> that's that a whole works? topic in itself, which we'll get into. Yeah, it'll be a fun time. So on May 27th, 1692, Governor William Phipps, I hope I'm saying that right. Phipps? Phipps? Governor William Phipps ordered the establishment of a special court of Oyer and Terminer. You're pronouncing that wrong. It's Oyer and, and Terminer. Oyer and Terminer? Oyer and Terminer. There you go. Which actually means, uh, basically means the court to hear and decide. Uh, but they set up in a bar. Again, that tavern I told you about. So this is more like the guy comes into the local Marriott, takes over the conference room, and that's where everything happens from then on. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so Bridget Bishop was the first tried and convicted by the court and was hung on June 10th, 1692. So between 1692 and 1693, more than 200 people were accused of witchcraft in Salem. And 25 people were killed as a result of the witch trials. 30 of them were found guilty. 20 were sentenced to death. 19 of those were hung on Gallows Hill, 14 women and 5 men. Five more later died in prison awaiting trial. Two dogs were put to death for contributing to rituals. Whatever that means. (laughs) Uh, Just sets up these dogs were like yard dogs. These weren't like some lady's uh, fluffy puppy. So it's not cats that are evil, it's dogs? Yeah, cats actually served a purpose back in the, at the time. To be honest, dogs did too, but I can see why they would think the dogs were the incarnate of some wolves or some shit. Yeah. Well, the uh, the Black Plague was caused by the killing of cats, so maybe some people, you know, learn their lesson from that. Doubtful, but... Uh, and... cat people. <laughs> My cat has already gone off a couple times tonight. On top of all that, there was one man, Giles Corey, who was a 70-year-old man. He was killed by being pressed to death. Now, that's some medieval shit right there. But it's really interesting because he was the only person who didn't give a guilty or an innocent. He just right. did not say he didn't anything. say shit except <laughs> he for was stubborn. Yeah. more he was way years old so like <laughs> what are they gonna do i mean this is the end of their life and we, I, we discussed off mic earlier that these people didn't live forever and 71 you're at your peak i mean for those that don't know being pressed to death is a horrible way to die it's like a panini death <laughs> <laughs> Do you yeah. want to? Do you want to get into? I, I saw yeah. the look on your face, I mean, and I it, feel like it, it you can, can take. It, it can really take well. days. Yeah. This is a horrifying yeah. way to so, go. When I was reading about it, I was just like disturbed. And keep in mind, you could do this nowadays if you went down to Lowe's or oh Home yeah, Depot, sure, you could kill picked up a couple four by eight sheets of plywood <laughs> and a couple bags of concrete. 
Um, so just a heads up, guys, if you follow along Don't do home, this at home, kids. Yeah. No, <laughs> please don't. But generally, they would take planks, yes. put a man on the bottom, mm-hmm. put a man on top. Some they would do this on the ground, but they, they wanted you raised up so you could actually be seen. Mm-hmm. Because this happened in the town square. This did not right. happen in the backyard. This happened. Well, typically. Pl- yeah. <laughs> so, and then they would just start putting rocks on you. Big mm-hmm. rocks, quarry rocks, lodestones, like stones that they found mm-hmm. and keep putting them on top of you. Right Everyone, on top of your chest. Yeah, just, yeah. To, just to press down. And each time down. they would put another rock, they, they would say something like, do you confess? And Eventually you'd sound like the Marlboro Man trying to breathe. Yeah. And, and I, I'm going to let my wife... <laughs> it, seems like, it seems like as far... Like when it gets to a certain point, like when you're adding more weight, the guy's not going to be able to talk even if they want to. Well, there was one there was one point that he had so much pressure on him that his tongue popped oh. out of his mouth. Oh, and I forget I forget that's which nasty. one it was, but one of the uh, officials that were, you know, trying to get him to confess took his cane and pushed his tongue back into his mouth. Oh. Yeah. God. Well, Megan, what was so, the last words? More weight. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. The guy yeah. refused that's actually kind of yeah. any kind of thing. Just kill me, motherfuckers. You can't do shit. So now, when gangster. I, yeah, when I first heard about this guy, I was like, man, that poor dude. And I was I was talking to Megan. Yeah, not that poor dude. And <laughs> she pointed out this is not a nice dude. So it's speculated that the reason that um, he was pressed to death, the reason he decided not to make a plea was because at the time when you were found guilty or you confessed like your land was forfeit like Mm -hmm. you were practicing witchcraft and you like your shit was seized it was Mm -hmm. taken and um he was a fairly wealthy um landholder at the time he was a farmer and he did not want his lands to be confiscated by the sheriff and so you know, if he did not consent to go to trial, then they couldn't do that. They couldn't put him on trial until he consented mm-hmm. to be tried by a jury of his peers. Like it was a technicality in the legal yeah. system at the time. And that's why they decided to press him because under torture, they figured he would, you know, finally consent to trial to save his life. But, yeah. you know, he he was 71 at this point, didn't want his stuff, you know, being seized. And so, yeah, um, that's, that's well, how he went out. You're the middle of New England. Just walk 10 feet away. <laughs> new land. Done. That too, but yeah. <laughs> and another really interesting thing about him, I think you were telling me earlier, is that he actually was a big fanboy of the trials. He was like egging them on. And then when he became a victim of them, he was like, yeah, so um, <laughs> yeah, my face type thing, yeah. like just like, oh yeah, it's great until it happens to me. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Hashtag yeah. Brexit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, at, at first he was, you know, at at every hearing and you know every proceeding, and his wife Martha Corey, which actually was his third wife, his previous two wives had died, um, which was it was fairly common back then. So no no suspicion, you know, that yeah. part on the guy, but um, she at the outset question the validity of the trials leading to suspicious suspicion being cast against her she was even said to have um, hid Giles saddle so he couldn't saddle up his horse and ride to the proceedings 
Um, That's great. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and later when she was accused and arrested on uh, March 21st, 1692, uh, Giles actually believed the accusations against Martha, and he testified against her on, you know, a few days later on the 24th. So yeah, he, cool yeah, bastard. 1600s is still dystopian. Like the beatings will yeah. continue until morale improves. Like, uh, you don't believe in our trials? Well, you're a witch too. Sorry, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, man. Yeah, because she was, you know, calling into question the, the validity of, you know, the spectral evidence of having these girls say, oh, yeah. He's right there. Though. She was a woman. Man meant more. Even the guy who died was like, yeah, I think you're, you're, you're a witch lady. And uh, I'm going to testify against you. Uh, more weight, please. Thank you. Yeah. I believe she died in jail, too. I believe yeah. so. I think Martha Corey did die in prison. Yeah. So if they I'm both got saying. their comeuppance. <laughs> yeah. Well, what'd she do wrong? Well, she was a witch. She was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> what she did wrong was she was a woman who had an opinion. Right. In fact, I think that that would be the case with most of the, uh, unfortunately, most of the uh, women that were victimized by this completely... Uh, sham trial, you know. So I'm starting Oyer and Terminator tomorrow. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Giles Corey, uh, you know, he turned his opinion around of, of the trials and the proceedings once he was accused on April 18th in 1692. And uh, yeah, he was accused. So he was like, oh no, this stuff's bullshit all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, hashtag leopards ate my face. Giles Corey, it is said to have uh, cursed the sheriff um, of the colony. One of his, well, his last words were more weight, but um, he was also said to have said that he, you know, curses the sheriff. And uh, four years after his death, uh, Sheriff Corwin died suddenly of a heart attack at the age of 30. And following that, many sheriffs up to the year 1981 were documented to have heart, blood, or stroke issues, forcing them to retire. The curse is said to have been broken when the sheriff's office moved from Salem to Middleton in 1991. I was going to just say, this boils down to being a rural Massachusetts, and all you got to eat is <laughs> diner food or, like, hunt your own crap. Like, yeah. It's... I was thinking all the fried clams. I mean, they were really yeah. there. You get your donkeys every morning? <laughs> donkeys. Mm. <laughs> pretty and your little dog too hello hello lester uh hey do you like scary movies well yeah what's your favorite scary movie Oh man, that's such a difficult question. I mean, what makes a great scary movie? We have to look at the story, the killer, direction. Ah, there's just so many factors to consider. Huh. I hadn't thought about that. It's definitely a topic worth discussing. As are many more elements to the genre. So many they could be discussed on a podcast. I agree. So, are we doing a podcast where we ramble on about our love for all things horror? I believe we are. Did we just become best friends? Does Michael Myers only kill on Halloween? You know I have caller ID, right, Stephen? Ah, damn it. Well, in any case, listen to the Horror Ramblings podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey folks, my name's Brett, and I'm one of the hosts of Skeleton House, an audio-only Let's Play podcast where my two friends, Jess... What is happening? 
Oh my god! And Steve. Even he looks spooked. Play through video games and I edit them, add context, and act as your eyeballs. Also, we have a cat. Come check us out at skeletonhouse.buzzsprout.com or look up Skeleton House on your favorite podcast app. Or your least favorite podcast app. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. When I first went to Boston, I was looking for a Starbucks and there was the nothing <laughs> but Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, everywhere. that has since changed, actually. There are a has lot it? of Starbucks up there. Is, this was, yeah, this was a while ago. Like the, this, there's a lot ago. of Starbucks and most every hotel, which is a lot in, in Boston, finally has over, a huh? Starbucks in the yeah. lobby or there's one around the corner. There's still a lot of Dunkies, wow. uh, but Dunkies are not really center city anymore. There's yeah. only wow. a handful. I mean, there, there's sad. There's one every like... quarter mile. It's not like they're yeah. empty, but I'm just saying like it used to be like one every other block. Yeah. So, they have better coffee. Dunkin' Donuts has better drip coffee. They do not have an espresso machine. So if you want something espresso-based, you have to like go to- Like a latte, you go to Starbucks. If yes. you want regular-ass coffee, go to Dunkin'. <laughs> Spring Park coffee all the way. There you go. That's, that's Third wave coffee all the yes. way. Yeah. Best, yeah. best uh, pumpkin spice latte, like anywhere. That, anyways. Guys, we're talking about witches. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, and it's, it's all because so. of the Puritans. <laughs> you mean evangelicals? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> Which was actually a fun thing of saying you can't actually do that. Exactly. But people took it literally and be like, well, I can get myself going by pulling stuff from the bootstraps. Well, no, you can't. Because it's you impossible. That, yes. that was Literally the point impossible. of the saying. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's also a whole, you know, ACAB thing where it's like, uh, you know, uh, it's just a few bad apples. The whole phrase is a few bad apples spoil, spoil the whole the bunch. bunch. Yes. 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 <laughs> Man. Okay. Anyway, so back to witches. Uh, <laughs> So although no witches were burned in Salem, there was a long tradition of burning witches throughout Europe ever since the 1300s. In that time, tens of thousands of women were killed for being accused of witchcraft, many of whom were persecuted under the Spanish Inquisition. Inquisition. Now, it wasn't just women witches being burned. It was pretty much anyone who oh. disagreed with the church. True. Going back yes. a long way. Any, any it, marginalized group. Um, I mean, going back to pre-crusades. Uh, yeah, like we're all the way back. Mm -hmm. But there, uh, funny enough, there yeah. there is a video game called Town of Salem. It's okay. basically like a mashup of like Mafia and werewolf and any of those among like, us? like uh, yeah, among us like there's yeah. a social deduction game you're trying to figure like out the thing who is a bad <laughs> a thing okay you're a little behind there buddy that game is over uh all the kids are on fortnite now yeah but uh i think fortnite's over probably but generally uh town salem is it's it's a social deduction game trying to figure out who the bad people are in this mm -hmm. case it's the mafia or a witch or whatever yeah but you burn people to the stake or you hang them mm -hmm. and it's like they didn't do that. They hung people. Right. But like they didn't do it's this. It's a like, common the whole misconception. Thing, yeah. So I just wanted to kind of clear that up and point that out. There was plenty of, you know, there were plenty of witches that were burned at the stake that, you know, no one's saying that, but they just weren't burned at Salem specifically. Yeah, even <laughs> we spoke way earlier, but they didn't even do it in Europe at this point. They didn't do it in Great Britain. No, Bend this is way after like, the witch burning yeah. place. <laughs> so, so you guys are like hanging and burning witches. You know, we, we stopped doing that. You, yeah. you, realize like you, stopped you guys doing that. like didn't get the memo? <laughs> it took two months to come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took 200 years. <laughs> so this all kind of came to a head, or this really all kind of came to an end when Governor Phipps own wife was accused of being a witch the man who i want to point out started the witch trials uh he decided it was time to dissolve the court on october 29th 
1692. But it wasn't until May of 1693 that he actually pardoned all those remaining that were accused. So he stopped arresting people, but they were still going to try the ones that they had already arrested. Well, and and also they, um, all the accused in jail were also being charged for their shackle fee. They were charging people, which is, which is what happened to Tichuba is, um, the, the minister refused to pay for Mm. her shackle fee to release her from prison. Mm and sold her to somebody who paid that fee to get her out of jail and then who knows where she went because she kind of disappeared yeah she dis- yeah disappeared now, from the historical record shackle fee is literally your room and board and everything involved with you being a prisoner like we technically do that nowadays but it's absorbed out of the state but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you were put up in somewhere and these again going back to these prisons weren't always like a prison this is not like industrial prison complex this would have been a two-room like house. house or yeah. or it could have been the sheriff's own house that's yeah. been perverted and someone was providing food for you or your family brought food for you mm-hmm. or you, your family came from what uh, like boston directly to bring stuff for you you wouldn't have had your children in the damn cell with you mm-hmm. because you lived there <laughs> some of these people were put in boston jails yeah. Like some, because they ran out of room in the Salem jails, so oh, they wow. had to start sending people to Boston. Yeah, because again, there was hundreds of these people accused. Yeah, yeah, yeah and their infrastructure was not set up to mm-hmm. house hundreds of accused witches in yeah. the local prison. But that's some bullshit. Like the governor does all this setup, and his wife is accused. Like, nope, game's over. We're done. <laughs> We're done. Yep. <laughs> Would you do that for me, Boo? Hey, I'm bringing some food. <laughs> he hesitated. <laughs> <laughs> But am I going to get accused of a witch? That's the thing. It's, like, it's more like the, the optics and also the optics. it's, it's yeah. a bunch of like Puritans. Like I, going back, like this it's whole all, village, It all boils down to Puritan paranoia, yeah, obviously. This, they this were village just pointing was fingers at Puritans. Another, it, there was know. very few non-Puritans yeah. in the village, mostly being the slaves mm-hmm. or the homeless lady with the children. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, I forgot to make a note on, on this. I don't know if one of you remember, but there was a woman that was pregnant and she gave birth in the jail. I do have a note on the one who we keep calling the homeless lady. Oh, yeah. She, it was interesting because her father had land uh-huh. and her father died in a way that they called it suicide. Oh, wow. And so um, she would fight to try and get control of mm-hmm. just some of the land. Yeah. And so uh, eventually she got some of the land and she was married. Yeah, to- because when you, you died by suicide, you... You couldn't. Avoid. You voided your your um your heirs yeah. from their inheritance, right? Because that Something was like that. that was a you know a crime. Yeah. 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 So she she had gained back like two cows and a certain amount of land, and the husband that she was married to bought her two dresses, but he died before paying for the dresses, and so she didn't get any of that money. So that's why she was homeless. That's horrible. Because okay. of men. Yeah. So we had a homeless back to patriarchy. And then yeah. a four-year-old girl was arrested. I mean, there's so much stuff going on here that, like, how do you accuse a four-year-old girl of witchcraft? It was just yeah, a bunch of bullshit. No, I, I just go back into, not only were all the accused innocent to begin with, like, they, they were just accused because someone needed a scapegoat. Like, you're acting weird. Why? Uh, uh, witchcraft. And that lady did it. And, and again, it wasn't just ladies. It was women. It was men. It was, it was all the people that... Yeah. I don't know. Let's just accuse people of shit because they pissed me off one time three years ago and I can't let it go because there's nothing else to do in this damn town. You had nothing else to do and, and your preacher's a miserable asshole who says, like, you're going to hell unless 
uh, well, everything actually. And you're you're going to hell regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, just hang out with me, and you're less likely to go to hell. <laughs> and you want to appease him and please him, and not look down his eyes. Even if you did nothing wrong, but someone could accuse you, and yeah. your preacher would find out. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna confess that I was attacked by witches. Everyone else is doing it. It's a really good thing. So it's just shitty overall yeah. that so many people died because this miserable asshole of a preacher. Yeah. I, mean, it, yeah. I would say it doesn't 100 percent him, but. He, Between he him and the things, governor yeah. and, you know, all the people that let this happen. Yeah. You'd let and this every get out of small Puritan town. Well, and he was also really feeding names. Like, he was also feeding names mm-hmm. to the accusers. That's like, right. oh, are you sure you didn't see such and such, you yeah. know, dancing in that circle with the devil? And oh, no yeah. Co- yeah, we did. And it's they, no knew nothing, they knew nothing with the fact. They knew nothing what they danced. <laughs> And it's no coincidence that a lot of the people accused were outsiders. They were people who didn't have anyone else to come to their aid a lot of times. And they were people unliked by the Puritan hierarchies. Because Rebecca Nurse had over 20 people tell, like when she was uh, accused, over 20 people said that she was not, like that spoke on her behalf. Oh, wow. So, like, I thought that was crazy that, like, wow. even when people were like, no, she's great, she's awesome, like, wow. I believe in her, like, yeah. they still went for it. Her last she's name like, was Nurse? Yeah. This is, like, Smith or something like that. Like, what, did her family come from, like, lying to, like, likely. fake doctors? That's, I mean, also, don't forget the doctor thought it was all witchcraft going on, too, and this is before they knew what germ theory was, so... Yeah. That's really when, um, like, panic started was when um, Rebecca Nurse was, you know convicted everybody was like well dang if she is a witch then anybody could be a witch and yeah (laughs) everyone at this table is a witch oh yeah if we lived back then we would all be dead speak for yourself i'd start murdering people (laughs) i'd be a convicted murderer not a witch buddy technically i am a witch. well if you were if you were a murderer it's fine you just get fined you know (laughs) i'm a white male i can get away with anything i want just just pay your fine exactly (laughs) so megan if i'm not mistaken you're actually related to someone that was involved in these events is that correct um so yeah i was telling my mom about how we can do this podcast with you guys and she goes well, you know that you're great, 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 great. No, I think it's like days. eighth or ninth great yeah. grandmother uh, was actually killed at these witch trials. Wow. And so I went on to Ancestry.com with her and we did find the relation that, uh, uh, was it Sarah Wilds was wow. the uh, witch that was killed and she had two children or she was, she was married to a man and they had eight children total, but mm. six were from a previous marriage from her. Oh, okay. But Ephraim and another, uh, a boy and a girl. Uh, anyways, that doesn't matter. But anyways, <laughs> like, yeah, so uh, she had a boy and a girl and I am related to the boy. So oh, okay. Ephraim Wilde. That's um, but it's through Ancestry.com, so take it as you will. Yeah, no, that's a pretty good source, though, from what I understand. Yeah, and then you got to see the uh, the grave marker when you went up to Salem. Wow. That's yeah, cool. So when that I went, cool. went and visited the memorial they have, which is actually in Salem, not yeah. in Danvers, which is I thought was crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I went and saw, and I saw that, yeah, she is. She was one of the um, victims from the that was hung. And uh, it was because she wouldn't let her neighbor borrow a scythe. Wow. To cut his wheat. And so, that's so crazy. she's a witch. Yeah. That's the thing. Like a lot of the people, not just in Salem, but just in witch trials in general throughout history, like a lot of times 
you could be accused for anything, but a lot of times there may have been some ulterior motive on the other end, you know, the accuser himself just didn't like the person for some other reason, just use this as an excuse. Yeah. Now we keep referring to Salem, Massachusetts as Danvers is what the current term is because it was Salem Village and Salem mm-hmm. Town. Um, Danvers is also the site of the original Danvers State Hospital, mm. which was the mental institution for Boston, Massachusetts, Whoa. well known as a, uh, as a source of fiction things. People wrote so much about this being a crazy mental institution wow. in the state. And it takes over to all sorts of like horror, yeah. po- uh, horror things. And Is that? Oh, never mind. That's a different thing. H.P. Lovecraft was inspired by really? Danvers. Yeah, Danvers wow. and Arkham Asylum is based on Danvers Institute. So that might be the place I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, D- Danvers is just, it's one of those, that, that State Institute is one of those crazy places that you're like, wait, they did that to people? You talk about the witchcraft back in the day. They would just, I mean, this is electroshock therapy. Right. This is lobotomies. Yeah, they did everything problem. in this place all the way up till 1984 when it closed and was torn down i believe so. it was built on the site where they actually hung the witches. Yeah. yeah oh that's that's even creepier like i think there's like a whole bunch that place of is haunted as hell. well and not to mention like if you were hanged as a witch like you yeah. were not buried yeah you you know you were not afforded you know a yeah. church burial so they were just chucked in an ar- shallow unmarked grave yeah. somewhere and yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of their families did come and pick them out later. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's crazy. So uh, if you guys think that's where the witches were buried or murdered, or whatever, turns out underneath Danvers State Hospital was a bunch of tunnels too. I didn't like to walk around those. Just throwing it out there. Jeez. It's Lucas season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. So in 1953, Arthur Miller's play, The Crucible, used the Salem Witch Trials as an allegory for the Red Scare. It really is such a great parallel because there's so many similarities. Like that really was... Neighbors accusing neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Like communists, you know, and half the time they weren't. (laughs) And then the other half the time they weren't hurting anyone, you know. But it's the same inside of any society. Inside of the red, uh, the red area, people were accusing people. I mean, Stalin was the first lie. Photoshopper. Yeah. He took people out of pictures that right. didn't exist anymore. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I- I- anyone can use this in allegory. Like Salem Witch Trial is just people being people. So years later, the last woman executed for being a witch was Barbara Zadunk in Prussia in 1811. The last recorded trial involving witchcraft in the United States was in Salem, Massachusetts in 1878, which was thankfully dismissed by the court. Now, of course, since then, we've had the satanic panic and other things, but at least there's never been any legal proceedings since then regarding witchcraft and the supernatural. Although to this day, people that are witches or, you know, pagans and, you know, it's a valid religion nowadays, but... For sure. Um, it was a valid religion back then. Yeah. People didn't accept it. It was a valid religion before people, Christianity. <laughs> today, Greeks. people yeah. can, um, you know, even get their children taken away from them. That's for, true. For being witches there's there's documented cases of you know think of everyone who's ever been a non-conformist to a society they live in yeah. it's always an excuse now you, you whatever religion they're That's in they true. can just call them a witch regardless of what the actual religion yeah. is yeah. they're even in the state of florida where we're at you know santorini santorini is something followed by a lot of the population in south florida mm. are they witches no they do give sacrifices but it's also to their god like right. it's not necessarily like something weird we did it for thousands of years i mean you know people 
should be able to practice whatever as long as people aren't hurting other people you know it, it is what it is suffice to say that you know mainstream religion has foisted more horrors upon the earth than any of the other religions we just talked about the spanish inquisition there's the crusades there's yes. all kinds of horrific things you give anyone enough power regardless if it's religious or political yeah and it's going to get abused. And again, I, I always say, you know, it's all about separation of church and state. When when you combine those things, it always leads to terrible things. I find it interesting that the last recorded trial involving witchcraft being in 1878, mm. and there were still people mm. that weren't exonerated at right. that time. What was the last one, like 1950, that the last person was exonerated? Yeah, That's like the, the government of... Salem didn't actually acknowledge it for like a, a couple hundred years, if I'm not mistaken, right? It took a long time. Yeah, I think I was reading it was like the Massachusetts government. The last one was in 1957, and the cat agrees. <laughs> <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Today I'd like to recommend one of the creepiest history books I've ever read. The Devil in the White City, Murder, Magic, and Madness at the Fair that Changed America by Eric Larson. The Devil in the White City chronicles Chicago's 1893 World's Fair and the notorious serial killer, H.H. Holmes, who stalked its grounds. If you have trouble staying awake while reading physical books, Audible has you covered. Besides, once you listen to this one, you might not ever be able to sleep again. Anywho, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash epicfails with a K. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash E-P-I-K fails for your free audiobook. All four Epic Fails history books are available now on Audible. Huzzah! So I do want to get into some of the medieval witch tests that were used in Europe uh, throughout the, the witch trials. <laughs> a lot of these came from... And I'm going to butcher this name, but the Malleus Maleficarum? Malleus Maleficarum. That's the one. And Meg actually brought a copy today. She literally owns this book. I didn't realize this till today. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, she, yes. So this was a 15th century book. It was used during the Inquisition to root out and deal with witches. And it's got a ton of bizarre methods for detecting witches and what to do about them. So I guess we'll go go ahead and get into these. Should we uh, try some of them? <laughs> oh, I would not recommend trying any of these. these do are not all... try this at home, kids. <laughs> so folks, if you direct your eyes to the backyard, I have set up a actual witch-burning stake. We're going to test this out. So the first one up is the swimming test. Now for this one, they would tie up an accused witch and throw her in a lake. Does she float? If she floats, she's a witch. And burned at the stake. If she sinks and drowns, she wasn't a witch. Our bad. So she's either fat or dead. Got it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, like, there's a good chance she's going to die either way. Um, They did have a method of retrieving them if they sank, but about half the time they would drown. Because people didn't know how to swim and stuff, so. And all the layers. It's not like yeah. they put you in there without clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> you have, like, corsets and, like, overcoats. I just love... The... Even the poor people had, like, 30 layers of clothes. Yeah. Four so pairs what, of underwear. What, is, one what is the logic of that? Oh, it's because you like, can accuse somebody and just kill them. Yeah. yeah. That's the logic. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 
Nothing. There is no logic. Only Zool. (laughs) One of the other tests was called the touch of the devil. Uh, One of the most common practices in witch hunting was looking for a witch's mark that would indicate that someone had been touched by Satan, such as birthmarks, moles, scars, discolored skin, extra thick hair... Uh, it's just, just basically anything and they would actually um shave yeah. the accused witches too like shave yeah. and inspect every nook and cranny for the hidden witches mark i mean who wouldn't be a witch based on that right exactly yeah so pricking the accused until they bled um, if they couldn't find a mark of the devil, I don't know how, if you shaved everybody and poked them and prodded them, they would sometimes prick them for signs under the skin. If they didn't bleed, they were a witch. So you either bleed or get poked with a rusty needle. Yeah. And if for some reason they didn't poke you hard enough, which again, this is all, you're, you're already accused. You're already under the, the shit right now. So like if they can just poke you lightly, didn't bleed from that sharp instrument I found on the side of the road. Let's burn them like the stat to stake. You know what I mean? This is... Some hillbilly shit. Right. Now, you can look up what they used to do this with, and it's disturbing. Like, it doesn't look sanitary. Like, it, it's just, it's basically just like an, a really thick needle that they would jab. Yeah, of course. With. I mean, this That's was the, the time of, like, letting of blood and yeah. leeches and, and, and you I've know. Read, now, I've read a lot about this one, and it turns out there was a lot of people that had this job this was like their job description they would you know try to find witches and there was a financial incentive to actually find a witch so they would they would know where to poke someone where it wouldn't bleed and then that would be evidence and then they would get 20 extra shillings or whatever and yeah so pretty horrible stuff to money yeah stupid capitalism (laughs) i find this medieval witch test of uh the witch's cake really interesting a cake made of rye flour ash and the accused urine was made and fed to a dog if the dog became ill witchcraft this is really interesting because uh in in the salem trials yeah if you there would spread this actually did happen yeah they spread the rumor that if you ate the cake like if you were possessed and you ate the cake made with the the witch's urine, basically. Mm. Um, they would take the spell off of you. Oh, I'm that's sorry. interesting. I do not want to eat no. cake. No, that sounds no. disgusting. <laughs> like, I'd rather be, you know, taken over by. Well, you. there yeah. there are there are people who drink their own urine today. Oh, please don't. Yeah, but do you want to eat your own urine? That's a that's I a don't, part I don't, of the I don't, internet. I want to do neither. <laughs> I mean. Let's just throw it out there. Like again, this boils down to if you're already to this point in the trial, you're already you're you're guilty regardless what the actual outcome is. Right. So they were just looking for rye flour is just so they can say they put something edible in here. You talk about ash and urine. Any dog, any person should get sick because of that. Yeah. And this is by the way, this is wood fire ash from your stove. It's not like they have some ash sitting around, pot ash, something like that. This is like let's scrape this into a bucket, make a weird cake. And if the dog throws up, which I'm throwing up thinking about. Chances are it would. I don't think rye is even good for dogs. I'm not mistaken. Was it organic then? This is also probably going back to the, the Everything things is organic we mentioned about ergot. I mean, this is the flour that they had on hand. Rye flour is a hardy flour. Yeah. And if it's just kind of slightly rotting or whatever, like yeah. you're not using your That's best you flour. That's how you know it's organic. You're, you're, using, you're not using your best flour to make a urine cake. You're yeah. using the stuff from last year. 
Uh, next one up is the cursed touch. If someone allegedly fell ill after coming into contact with the accused, that could be evidence of Satan. Yep. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, well, this happened before. Like, it, it, yeah. oh, no, you touched me. I'm going to go into hysterics in the middle of the courts. Well, they also didn't know how germs worked back then. No, yeah. germ theory wasn't invented for no. a couple of if years. If somebody fell ill, it was yeah. witchcraft. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dumbasses. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is me all thinking about. Thank God for science. The next is the, the inability to recite the Bible flawlessly from memory. Uh, it's worth pointing out that most peasants were illiterate at the time. And even a reverend who passed the test flawlessly was hung because the court deemed it was a ploy by the devil. And, and this was, okay, okay. They weren't Catholics. The Puritans definitely weren't. So it's not like yeah. they're doing their services in well, Latin. Well, this is, this is like but this is, all witch yeah. We didn't switch from Latin until the 60s. So, you know, I think if they did have some sort of translation into Old English at the time, and they considered English then, like, you can't pronounce that in general. And you have to remember, memorize some random paragraphs, some random stuff. Yeah. It wasn't organized correctly. Your Bible's still not organized correctly. Yeah. And you have some person just like a slave or a peasant or someone who just goes to church to hear the sermon, not the Bible. The Bible was the guide, not the actual person. So, yeah. And I can say, like, I've read the Bible and I, I don't think I can even recite one phrase correctly. Like I can maybe get the gist of it. Well, but... which translation are you reading? Exactly. Nice. And not to mention how many people are there that could flawlessly recite Bible verses and they are right. awful, terrible people. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> and in all fairness, though, to those people, if you had nothing else to do except be terrible and there's no Game Boy, there's no TV, just read the Bible over and over and over until you right. memorize all the parts. Going back to, if you had the time to read the Bible over and over, one, you were literate. Two, you didn't have to work as much. So you probably weren't doing all your daily work and your daily chores because you had a woman to cut everything, all your wood. All you had to do was go hunting every once in a while. You know, the woman made the food, woman pulled the water, woman fed the cows. Like, you know what? I'm going to read the Bible because I'm a good person. Now, slave, get over here and polish my shoes. But I, I love that this story about the reverend because like, He's a reverend and like he he didn't make any mistakes and they were still like yeah, it too boiled bad. down to if you're already to this point you're yeah. already dead. It's like yeah, yeah it was kind of like they're just going through the motions at this I believe point we you're call already that term guilty. A kangaroo court. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, this speaking of bible is the idea of uh, Wayne witches against the bible. Now this, this is a fun one again because I always think about like how things actually work in real life, including physics. But (laughs) the idea behind this one, if the witches ride broomsticks to the air, they must be light. Uh, So they must be lighter than the Bible. Like, because the Bible was supposed to be the only book that, you know, really counted against this stuff. Unfortunately, there was no specific metrics on how many Bibles would be weighed against. And the methods of weighing them were not the most accurate. Like, well, Thomas's Bible has a wooden cover because Thomas was rich and he had gold (laughs) and stuff like that. So are we going by the Bible that we have in, in the town hall? And then that thing's heavy as shit, and she's not wearing that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it boils down to you're already accused. Yeah. You're going to die. Like, well, let's let's just, just justify it. Like, what? She's lighter than the Bible, and the Bible's just but a book. So, yeah. And and what's funny is, like, I was reading into this, and a lot of times they, there wasn't just one Bible, there was a freaking stack of them. So, of course, like, well, then they that start weighs like in, 600 pounds. They, like, they start throwing in the hymnals, they start you know? throwing in, like, the, the readings, they start throwing in, like, the notes. from the, yeah. So, so you have literally, also, books were valuable back mm-hmm. then. So you would pull every book you had that related to the Bible and throw this thing. And these weren't, like, you know, scales that they used to yeah. They usually measure grain. Grain is not me- is measured by the penny weight. But this is also not measured by, like, the super gram. This is, like, 
Uh, yeah, this is good enough. I'll pay you your shilling for the, like the bushel of gold. So this is not a perfect scale. Yeah. This, this is some scale they put together like right in front of you that if it worked for legitimate purposes, you would be like guessing it. Bracket of Fails. Next up on the Bracket of Fails, we have Leopold II versus Vlad the Impaler and Stalin versus Ivan the Terrible. So, on one hand, you have Leopold II of Belgium, one of the worst dictators in modern history, versus Vlad the Impaler, one of the most terrifying tyrants in all of European history. The Order of the Dracul. Leopold, uh, for those that don't know, orchestrated a genocide against the African people of the Congo, all because of colonial ambitions and the rubber trade. Like, this is horrific stuff. You know, we don't have to get really into it, but yeah, it's it's pretty pretty awful vlad the impaler on the other hand was beyond sadistic uh he was known for impaling enemies on pikes and drinking their blood he was literally the inspiration for bram stoker's count dracula the dude was a monster and i never drink wine uh what are your thoughts on these two uh, i okay i will say because of uh some nostalgia from an ex-girlfriend I went with Vlad the Impaler. She was Romanian. Um, he is basically a national hero, and she was from Brasov, where his castle is. However, I do think that Leopold II is the worst asshole of this entire group. It, He's pretty awful. I mean, honestly, he is the reason that Belgium is really even a country today. They were a nothing territory for the longest time of their history. And only because he's like, oh, well, we can be a colonial power. Do we get... Belgium. I mean, come on. Belgium is basically just uh, the place where French people go get their freaking uh, waffles. But it, <laughs> it's not. Uh, yeah, don't come at me, French people, uh, Belgian people. But like, it, he is. He was a terrible person, and he knew what was going on. It wasn't just like he was an, uh, a ruler that just said, "Oh, you know, go get me some land." No, he made decisions about war, uh, mm-hmm. and he he let people do stuff. In fact, he suggested some things, especially about the uh, concentration camps, because that's what they were. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, it's the reason that we went into World War One with a very, let's just say, crazy way of fighting because we already had done this between South Africa and the Congo. The the European nations were on edge of like, oh, this is how we kill people for real. This is some good stuff. So yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, you also talk about like Morgan Stanley, you know, the uh, Doctor Livingston. I presume that that whole thing, like, yeah. all these famous people are tied to him in ways you never know until you look into his history. He is a terrible, terrible person. Again, I only went with Vlad. Vlad's a terrible person as a person, but he didn't destroy cultures. Vlad just killed people around him in like you know the the mountains of Romania. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's it's kind of a tough one. I I did go with Leopold II myself because really just sheer numbers like yeah i you know colonization i mean we're still we're still feeling the effects of that you know like it's uh, that's a dark subject <laughs> yeah it, it was just it was not even the the actual it was the cruelty they would literally cut people's that's hands off thing. and leave and like deliver yep. hands to people there's there's a famous photo of a father staring at the hand and foot of his five-year-old daughter that they yep. severed as punishment for not harvesting enough harvesting enough rubber like that's what they did to be like yep. work more or this will happen again. Like at least Vlad would just stick you on a big pike and let you slowly slide down to your death, but you'd be dead. 
you wouldn't have to right. suffer the death of your family. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 I mean, you didn't want to mess with that guy, but you kind of knew what you were getting into. Like he was pretty over the top about it. But the thing with Leopold is like, he acted like this aristocrat, you know, like, you know, he acted like he was, you know, better than, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but just like yeah. the sheer brutality because of what he did, like it's, yeah, it's unforgivable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the other good thing, good thing that Vlad does have going for him, uh, he attacked the Ottomans. Um, That's right. So, yeah. So like, you know, the Ottomans don't exist partially, you know, because he, he, he didn't care about them. And then, uh, you know, look what happened after World War One. So like he he fought a culture that doesn't exist anymore. So that's kind of interesting. But uh, Belgium worked with the British and everyone else to carve up, you know, South, South, uh, South Africa. So it's like this is that's even more terrible because you're like, hey, this doesn't belong to me, but we're going to decide what we want out of it. So, yeah, yeah, I guess at least you could say you could argue that Vlad like actually fought his own battles, whereas Leopold, like, you know, yeah, sat behind a desk. In battle. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. But um, apparently the, uh, the castle overlooks the town where my ex-girlfriend's from and it's a very pretty castle. I never got to make a way over there, but it's, it's an interesting thing. Again, the whole, it looks little, awesome. Uh, I've, yeah. I've always wanted to check it out, you know? Welcome to my home. Count Dracula. I am. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Harkon, to my house. Yeah, the, the whole um, Dracula thing, Vlad the Impaler, it's, it, a lot of these old battle cultures revolve around blood. Yep. Uh, you know, the drinking of blood, the, the serving of blood, the ritual stuff of blood. And the reason that Vlad's called the Impaler, because he did something called impalement. And for those of you who don't know what impalement is, uh, you take a big... Pretty unpleasant. Like you, you, you would like like a log cabin. Like you know, you you know, Lincoln's going to build a log cabin. You take it's about you know, eight to twelve inches in diameter, and then you carve a giant pencil point into it, and then you put someone on top of it, ass first, uh, and then <laughs> yeah, you, you, it's greased a little bit. Got to lube that up, and it slowly makes its way up your body. Yeah, uh, and then you know, for <laughs> oh, for, it's for, awful. for for to what's the um the term I'm thinking about if people wanted to be kind. But like it's like mercy. Uh, they would pull on the legs to kill it. Kind of like when you like hang somebody, you want to make sure they're right. dead. Um, yeah. So you, Except you could, dying from exposure. Yeah. Yeah. So because what they would do, they would stick these pikes on the outside of a territory or in like a town square. And someone would slowly die over the course of a couple of days as they slide down this giant pole. That's what impalement is. That's why he's called Vlad the Impaler. He's not a good person. But no, I, no. I do think it's better than chopping off the hand of a five-year-old. And then send it to his father and just be like, you need to work more. So I, I think there's a different level of assholeness there. Yeah. And we'll we'll have to talk about Vlad on his own episode at some point. He's he's a piece of work. Now, this next one, we got Stalin versus Ivan the Terrible, two of the most notorious Russian leaders of all time. To me, as bad as Ivan the Terrible is, Stalin takes the cake just out of sheer numbers. Like, don't get me wrong. Ivan was called the Terrible for a reason. I mean, you know, he went mad with mercury poisoning. This this seems to be a theme with a lot of these ancient rulers. Um, but yeah, he even murdered his own son. Um, Stalin, though, killed more people than Hitler. Both of these guys, they were super paranoid. Uh, they implemented their own secret police to take out any any and all naysayers, including those closest to them. Who do you got for this one? I have the guy who died of a heart attack. <laughs> uh spoiler alert folks they both died of heart attacks uh yeah. i have stalin because i think stalin is the worst person because it's part of the reason that we're in the state we are in the world right now 
yes, actually, te- you know, history always affects everything going on. But oh, yeah. I think after after Ivan's death, it was Russia was less of a power at that point. Meanwhile, Stalin led to more Stalin like culture. Well, there was a and, and there was a power vacuum. Yeah, yeah. like and yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're we're kind of in the middle of the second Cold War at the moment, and that all really started with Stalin back in the day. Yeah, because Ivan Ivan reigned in the 1500s, and we've had a lot of changes since then. There was no I mean, hell. Ivan was actually an Orthodox Christian, and uh, during Stalin's reign, uh, they would put Christians to death. So, I mean, you got to think like, what what is the most horrible person? I would say Stalin, because he he didn't fight for himself. He didn't fight in the the front lines, and then Ivan at least fought in the front lines. I, mm-hmm. I just think it's when you compare two people. I think the people who put people to their death without actually putting themselves at risk are the worst people. And I, Stalin's up there with that. And, you know, he Definitely. threw lives away for no reason. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's let's not even get into the whole, like, you know, H- Hitler put people in prisons because of their religion or their, their ethnicity. Uh, Stalin did that, too. We just oh, partnered true. up with Who him wants? because we didn't want to get in a fight with him, too. Uh, well, Stalin was, at was the, the time, I don't think we War realized II. how bad it was, you know? Oh, we knew. I knew we knew. We had to have known. Yeah. Because you, we had people, I mean, we had our guys captured by the Russians and weren't, weren't treated that well. They were treated better than the other prisoners, but they weren't treated that well. Yeah. It was definitely one of those, the enemy and my enemy is my friend kind of situations, desperate times and all that. I mean, this is a man that basically invented Photoshop because anytime uh, he didn't like anyone anymore, he would erase them from history. Yeah. He would would photos of them kind of, he would go back and uh, remove their names out of newspapers just in case they were pre-printed. Like he is, He is a terrible, terrible dictator, and yeah, he learned next level. Yeah, he he took what Marxism was and made it his own dictatorship, and it's it's crazy to think that like oh everyone always talks about communism's it's great when all the you know the workers actually line up. He never allowed that to happen. Communism was not under him. He was not a communist. He was a yeah. fascist. So oh totally, yes. I totally agree. Stalin, Stalin for the win. <laughs> yeah, I actually have Stalin as my winner of the entire bracket because I oh think really he is okay one, one of the worst in history. Compared to the rest, I mean, Man, I if, got, you, if you would put Stalin against someone else on this list, I'm trying to think who else I could think of Stalin losing against. Uh, e- e- even Gavro Princip, he was a pawn. He wasn't actually the person that made World War I. He was just a terrible person. I don't know who you could put Stalin against on this list that Stalin wouldn't win. I think Stalin is the next level below Hitler. Like, I think yeah. he's going to win the, the golden goose on this one, and he's never allowed in any of these brackets again. <laughs> so so spoiler I, I alert i'm also i've also got stalin as the top guy on my bracket as well yeah i i just think ivan again i thank god for picking two russians they're both terrible dictator like and they both died of a heart attack instead of in battle i just think mm. it's 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 hard because stalin definitely eases this one out i i think by a landslide even though ivan the terrible was terrible i think stalin should have been called stalin the terrible yeah, I almost feel like Ivan the Terrible kind of set the standard, though, for like horrible Russian rulers. It almost looks like Stalin actually took a few notes out of Ivan's playbook, you know, with what he did. But what he did was on a much greater scale. So, yeah, the consequences were far worse. Also, uh, Ivan just looks terrifying from his portrait. Have you seen the pictures of him? Yes. Yeah. He, he's, <laughs> he, he is the definition of a uh, Russian bearded man. He, he his, looks like um, 
what's the guy from Harry Potter? The, the <laughs> yeah, that that kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From uh, Goblet of Fire, the the Russian dude. No, I was going to say. Well, that works too. That Hagrid? works perfectly. Hagrid. He looks like Hagrid too. Yep, Hagrid. <laughs> he looks like Hagrid a lot. So one of Ivan's portraits is like pure nightmare feel. It reminds me of Vigo the Carpathian from Ghostbusters Two. I, Vigo, the scourge of Carpathia, the sorrow of Moldavia, command you. On a mountain of skulls in the castle of pain, I sat on a throne of blood. What was will be, what is will be no more. Now is the season of evil. Like, I feel like that painting is haunted. Seriously, look it up. Right. So yeah, head on over to Twitter at EpicFails.com and you can follow along at Challenge.com slash EpicFails and keep an eye out for our upcoming polls on social media. Epic Wins of History! Mary Shelley was an English Gothic novelist most famous for writing Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus in 1818, which is often considered one of the earliest works of science fiction along with her apocalyptic novel, The Last Man, in 1826. Shelley was the daughter of an anarchist philosopher, William Godwin, and feminist activist, Mary Wollstonecraft. Her husband was famed poet Percy Shelley. Unfortunately, Shelley's life was marked by tragedy as her mother died just days after giving birth to her. She lost three of her four children. She married her husband in 1816 after his first wife committed suicide, and he later died when his boat sank in a storm in 1822. And she herself later succumbed to a brain tumor in 1851 at the age of 53. She was first inspired to write Frankenstein when she and her husband spent a summer with Lord Byron and John Paldoni in Switzerland. One afternoon, due to rainy weather, they stayed in and told ghost stories to one another. Lord Byron dared them to each write a supernatural tale, which went on to inspire both Poldoni's The Vampire and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Her gothic novel went on to inspire the 1931 horror movie classic of the same name, and thanks to Hollywood's resurrection, Victor Frankenstein's monster has lingered on ever since. When this dead hand moves, the monster created by a man they called Mad is turned loose to strike terror into the hearts of men. You guys need a break real quick before we get in trivia? Or? No, we're good. Okay, just want to make sure. Nobody expects the All right, question one. In what year did the infamous five Jack the Ripper killings take place in London? Ooh, I'm bad uh, with dates. I'm going to say like 1875. Any other guesses? Anyone want to get closer? Can I phone a friend? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you can text me. I'm going to be really off and say, like, 1790s? What did you say? 1875. You were closer. So the actual answer is 1888. Okay. Yeah, definitely, like, Victorian period. Now, there's evidence that there was... Well, there's speculation that there were other Jack the Ripper killings, but since they never caught the guy, they weren't actually sure. But the ones that are definitely confirmed to be the same person were in that year. Yeah, they they never figured out exactly who it was. They think there's he had some of sort theories, of, he was either a butcher or some sort of surgical background. He was illiterate, but he could use a knife. It was a weird thing going on. Yeah. Like, there's, there were some murders later on that were kind of similar, but they think they may have been a copycat or something like that. But there was like a lot of things where like, Certain people are like, yeah, that probably wasn't him because of this, this, and this, you know? So, <laughs> all right. Question two. When the Countess of Salisbury was beheaded in 1541, how many axe blows did it take? I always go back to Lizzie Borden and 40 wax, so I have no clue on this one. <laughs> also New England. I'm going to say six. It was 11. Oh. Yeah. This is why the guillotine was a good thing, people. <laughs> Or just sharpen your axe. No, it was also skill. Sometimes you had like people who were put up to be the executioner, but you never did executions in your city. And then one day you had to do that a bunch. That was his first one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, maybe this isn't for you, buddy. <laughs> oh, it's awful, though. Oh. I thought it was going to be better at this trivia. <laughs> there, you might get some. Yeah. Some, some of these are kind of hard. Some of these are kind of easy. Question three. 1922's Nosferatu was a German black and white silent film about this vampire. Uh, Dracula? Yeah, I was like, it's either Nosferatu or Dracula. So it's... What, what is he referred to in the movie? Oh, um, Count Victor Orlock or something like that? That was close. Uh, it's Count Orlock. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was really close. Uh, do you know the actor? Oh, oh, I, I used to know the actor's name off the top of my head. He's a great... Uh, Max, no, it's it's Max something. I can't remember his last name. Some bitch. This guy knows his film history. Yeah. Um, but he was actually a well-known actor of the silent era. And then he he really didn't translate over, but he was brought back a couple times up until his death. So. Yeah, Max Shrek. There we go. And the reason I remember that is because Batman Returns, Tim Burton referenced that guy. All right. Question number four. The 17th century serial killer, considered to be the most prolific female killer of all time, is often referred to as... The Blood Countess. What was her name? Countess of Bathory. Yep. Elizabeth Bathory. I was going to say the Blood Countess. Yeah, well, I said she. <laughs> it was her first. <laughs> One dollar, Bob. Yeah, that's a creepy story. Definitely worth looking into. Yeah, I want to Google that one. Mm-hmm. She's one of my heroes. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll keep you up. Anyway. It's disturbing. Question number five. Which was the first recorded instance of a werewolf in mythology? Recorded instance? Recorded. Recorded. Written down. Was it something with the Grimm's? Was it... 1600 in France or the the Remus and Romulus theory? Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) So this one actually surprised me. It was the Epic of Gilgamesh. Oh, literally the first thing ever written. Sorry, I didn't bring up my translation of Gilgamesh. (laughs) Of course. So it's like one of the oldest. I I forgot horror horror monsters. Now technically, next. So (laughs) technically, now Gilgamesh—that's an old, old tale. It's like the earliest 
known like written text. It's not the earliest, but the earliest we know about that we yeah, still it was, have. It was just spoke about over and over and over and over, and they finally wrote. It they down. finally wrote it down, and this was like three thousand BC, something like that. BCE. What's interesting is that story also has zombies and a scorpion man. So there's all kinds of crazy stuff in there. Yeah, so it's Rock interesting. Is making the movie yeah. next year, but but it's considered to have the first werewolf as well because uh, I think it's the goddess Ishtar turns a man into a wolf at one point. Watch out, Marvel. Yeah, Gilgamesh yeah, should be that. a blockbuster movie. Gilgamesh is actually a Marvel character. I know, but that's, that's a dumb it's a new god, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they watered it down too much for my taste. I love Gilgamesh. We'll get into it one of these days. Anyways. All right. Question number six. Fourteen years before the Titanic sank in nineteen twelve, there was a fictional book published with eerily similar circumstances. What was the title of the book? I have no idea. Have you heard about this Lesbitania before? Or, no, it's, um, but it was basically the same thing. The guy got off like, like 20 like boats or something like that. It was crazy. It was like one-to-one for the book. The title, the title though, was Titan. There we go. Yeah, and it was, it was about the a ship, ship called the Titan, which was boasted as being an unsinkable ship. And all the same, uh, he even had the same, uh, what do you call it, measurements and stuff. Like everything was down to the letter. And the way it sank was the same. It hit an iceberg. So it's just kind of really creepy. Yeah. It was a whole 14 years. And it's like, it's almost like, like the guy who named the ship read that book and was like, yeah, we'll name it that. <laughs> you know, like just kind of like, you know, rolling the dice, like, you know. Wow. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah, it's super creepy though. Like that it just like turned out that way. I don't like, remember the football team sinking in the middle of the ocean. Oh, let's remember the <laughs> Titans. I'm sorry. All right. Question number seven. Alfred Hitchcock's thriller Psycho was loosely based on this real-life serial killer. Ed Gein. Got it. And question number eight. What year did the Donner Party become stranded by snow in the Sierra Nevada mountain? 1864. Close. Very close, actually, in a way. In a way? Well, does anyone else have any other guesses real quick? I always grab 1870s for whatever stuff because there's, there's no, there's no real, the 1870s was like the pandemic of like America times. So it was 1846. You had the numbers backwards. You said 1864. So I, I'll count it. <laughs> We're playing for, uh, for, for street cred. I've heard of something. And one of the questions, I felt special. All right. Now, because we're all from Jacksonville, you guys need to get this one. Which 1950s monster movie was filmed in Jacksonville, Florida? Creature Black Lagoon. Very, very close. You got to specify. Specify? It was the sequel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Revenge of the Creature, the sequel okay. of the Creature from the Black Lagoon. It's a common misconception. Wait, the first one was filmed in Marineland. No, oh, that was the second one. Okay. A lot of people get them confused, and they're usually grouped together anyway. I mean, it's Florida. Was, Florida. I, so. <laughs> that was closer close. than yeah. my numbers being flipped. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I'll count it. I'll count it. A lot of people, yeah, it's, it's all good. There was a few sequels, and I think each of the sequels had stuff filmed in Jacksonville. I didn't know they had sequels. There's so. like three or four of them. Yeah, it's a whole series. It was a whole franchise back then, yeah. Anyways, question number 10. What year did the Lizzie Borden Axe murders occur? Oh, I actually referred to this earlier, but I still don't know the answer. <laughs> Was it 40 wax? <laughs> <laughs> that, that should have been the question. 1821. I was going to say 1874, just to use yours. <laughs> You're closer. <laughs> <laughs> it was 1892, so a lot more recent than I thought. 
Maybe she was inspired by Jack the Ripper a few years ago. I later. think um, <laughs> at one point it was like uh, Airbnb or something. Like you could stay there. Oh, yeah, at the place that we're Again, bored woman, no real future. Yeah. Let's murder some people. That's an interesting story because there's kind of some theories about whether she's innocent or not, and we don't really know. This is the OJ of the day. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. She probably did it, but like there is a little bit of room for speculation. But she's just a woman. She can't do anything. But like, who came up with the poem? And like, why do we all. Oh, that happened oh. years later. It was, yeah. it was not, not even contemporary. Yeah. Years later, someone just made it yeah. up. Well, just, you know, it's just like, you know, the children's song, Ring Around the Rosie, oh, yeah, Rosie that's, that's about the Black Death. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got just a few more for you. Oh, we got more? Yeah, sorry. No. Question number 11. Bram Stoker's 1897 novel, Dracula, was inspired by this 15th century Romanian ruler. You're not allowed to answer. <laughs> um, Vlad the Impaler? Yep. That's right. I guess that's maybe that's an easy one. So Vlad the Impaler, I would have taken Vlad the Third of Wallachia, uh, Vlad, Vlad Dracul, Vlad Tepish, or Dracula, which means son of the dragon. All right. Question 12. In Slavic folklore, this old witch who would terrify children used dark magic and flew on mortar instead of a broom. Baba Yaga. That's correct. You should have got it. It was on the tip of my tongue. Not, yeah. <laughs> but there was also, there was, there was another witch was similar to Baba Yaga. Right. And, um, God, what was her name? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was probably inspired by the same legend, yeah. but just a different translation. Yeah. All right, last question, last question, okay? Question number 13. In John Carpenter's original Halloween, 1978, whose face was Michael Myers' mask based on? I'm not allowed to speak on this one. Yeah, it's a little too easy for you. That was uh, Kurt. Uh, Shatner, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it was yeah. a William Shatner mask. What did you guys read it? Like, creepy trivia questions. Like, I've never been yeah, so, so bad at trivia in my life. I, I love uh, <laughs> Took a William Shatner mask and painted it white. Keep in mind this: 1978, Star Trek had been 1978. 1978, Star Trek went off the air in 1969. So this was an old ass mask, or or it's probably a couple years earlier because the, the the first masks were just plastic like things of your head. This is a full rubber. Have mask. you seen like pictures of it's like the old um, no like the Victorian masks from like Victorian Halloween and stuff? Oh, those are creepy. Oh my gosh, yeah. they're horrifying. Like... Everything from Victorian era is creepy. Yeah. Listen, it's either super creepy or super about yeah. sex. The Victorians are weird people. Oh, she yeah. showed her ankles to me. Yeah. But I mean, radium and all that and stuff. Yeah. Lead paint. All right. Uh, so, any final thoughts before we get into plugs? Don't burn witches. Burn down the patriarchy. <laughs> I love that. That's a good way to end. Or burn all the witches so they don't exist anymore. They don't have to worry again. That's, that's how that works, right? Um, study your spooky trivia because you don't know when it'll be coming handy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so speaking of burning down the patriarchy, uh, <laughs> there's a podcast I just discovered called Breaking Down Patriarchy with Amy McPhee Alabest, and it is excellent. It is like a historical look from 
you know, all the way, way back through history. And they... Like from agriculture up. Yeah, yeah. like from the, the start of civilization, you know, up until modern times. And they look at, you know, the feminist texts, what women were writing, what men were writing about women, mm-hmm. and view it all with, like, a critical feminist lens so yeah. it's, it's, it's really like something cool. a witch would say <laughs> <laughs> well yeah the host is actually a former mormon so oh, wow. yeah yeah it is a good podcast i've listened to a few episodes i i love the historical angle on it they talk about like the minoans and all these like ancient cultures and it really causes you to kind of rethink how things could have been different if things had been a little bit more more equitable if if society was more equitable from the get-go but because of the power structures and all that just things kind of you know, one of the interesting things about that one is they talk about a lot of the early societies that are considered matriarch or weren't, weren't actually matriarchal. No, yeah, there's actually they not a, a case of a matriarchy, which is women rule over men, which in patriarchy, men rule over women. Yeah. So there's never been an actual, you know, textbook True. matriarchy. Yeah. There was matrifocal societies mm-hmm where a lot of times women were in leadership positions, but it was more of a, a partnership, a collaboration, you know, egalitarian, where it was more power with rather mm-hmm. than power over. They controlled, like, maybe the matters of the heart and, and the, the tribe, but there was still a warrior caste or something say. like that. Yeah, yeah so every, it's... You know, everybody was considered. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to Pocket Full of Posies Herbal Shop, which is Erica Carroll, Chris's wife's... Chris from ComicZombie.net. <laughs> That's her witchy shop. She was originally going to be on this episode, unfortunately wasn't able to make it. Uh, Chris came down with strep throat. But wanted to give a shout out. It's a really cool little shop. They have all kinds of cool stuff on there. I think she was telling us about her soaps, that they hand make soaps. And yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Definitely. So... Justin Aki, one half of Significant Otterco. And I'm Megan Aki, the other half of Significant Otterco. And uh, we've been uh, just cranking along, trying to get some stuff done this year. Um, one of the latest things I actually worked on was uh, Eric's new book, $22.99, uh, available on Amazon.com and Amazon.com and Amazon.com and then Audible.com. <laughs> so, but yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're currently just kind of like working on some small things in the background. Uh, Megan has some... Some stuff you're working on, hopefully, for this holiday season release. If not, it's uh, we're working on something timeless that'll be uh, dropped oh. soon enough. Um, we'll just look for the socials again That's at exciting. Significant Otter Co. and then on um, Twitter at Sig Otter Co. That's awesome, though. And I, I, of course, have seen a lot of your work, and I really do appreciate all the work you've done, not only on the podcast stuff in the past, but uh, that book cover, man. Like, yeah, I, I, I hope that my book is worthy of your cover art because it looks fantastic. This is really sharp looking. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. So thank you. I'm pretty fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys make a good team, you know, from everything I've seen. So. When we're not cooking, we're designing. <laughs> now, Meg and I are actually looking into making our own, well, I guess I should say another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Your 40th of the week. I, you know, I, I've done a few of these by now. Um, but yeah, we're looking at... Um, possibly starting this up next year maybe the end of the year we'll see uh, this concept uh, we had called nerdyagram yeah it's based on the enneagram personality system and we look at different fandoms through the lens of the enneagram so mm-hmm. you know comics other fiction yeah. you know maybe just, occasional video games yeah like <laughs> yeah it should be fun and let's see, um, over at Podcasters Assemble, Zach is going to be talking with Steven and Lacia from Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo about 
Hocus Pocus. On a special podcaster disassembled episode. That's right. Special Halloween episode. And then, of course, you can find Chris and myself over at ComicZombie.net. And we've got plenty of other stuff in the works with the Probably Work Network. So stay tuned for more epic fails of history. Thank you for listening to Epic Fails of History. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. You can follow me on social media at Eric Slater. Eric with a K, Slater with a D. And be sure to check out our other great shows from the Probably Work Network, like Too Young for This Trek, Comic Zombie, and Podcasters Assemble. Music and jingles produced by Deft Stroke Sound. This episode was edited by Eric Slater. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. Uh, so yeah, um, it all started in January of 1692. <clears throat> that sounded a little too, uh, <laughs> <It started. laughs> Webster's dictionary <laughs> defines witchcraft as. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy <laughs> night. <laughs> right? He'll probably put some like <laughs> behind it. And this says epic fails of, um, Something history. <laughs> I, I was doing the page. Yeah, I was doing the page thing. Oh, did I talk over it though? Yeah, it's okay. We can try. Try five more times. That was good. Okay, I just the last part. Sorry, I didn't know that. By English tradition. So years later, the last woman executed for being a witch was Barbara Zadunk. I am not saying that right. Zedunk? I'm pretty sure it's Cyrillic, so it's like zunk. Zunk. Zedunk. Zunk. Man, okay. I might have to re-edit that later. Anyways. Uh, Three, two, one. We only need one clap, Eric. Yeah, it's I know. across every mic. You don't need to clap. <laughs> just watch. Oh, just your mic. Oh, yeah. Clap. Yeah, you only need one because we're all in the same room. That's a good point. <laughs> Professional audio engineer people. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you're not even thinking close. Give me a sec. You're good, you're good. Okay. Hey, Megan. I like Tabitha I mean, from I did talk Bewitched. About- you just recently came back from Salem, right? Yeah. Uh, did you know they killed 19 witches there? <laughs> Eventually you have to introduce us, but that's the only thing. We can do a couple takes left if you want. It's up to y'all. Okay, you need to stop talking. All right, I'm going to shut up. Great. Yeah. I'm a witch's mark in the third turn of my anus. Good luck. <laughs> it's traditional pagan or... or bleh. A cake made of flour, a rye flour, ash, and the accusers, or wait. The accused. Let me try that again. A cake made of rye flour, ash, and the accused, why did it say accuses? It's accused. The accused. In Slavic, yeah, can't talk. Slavic folklore. Am I saying that right? Slavic. 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 That's right. I should know that. I've from. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's people. Some of my family is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, part of my family is from Yugoslavia, which is kind of. It's not even a country anymore. It's a whole nope. thing. <laughs> it became like a bunch of different countries.
Yeah, yeah, it got split up six countries. after the Soviet Union. It was four, now it's six. Yeah, it's, that's a crazy, yeah. Its traditional pagan origins were adapted and reworked by the cat. And our preacher keeps talking. Oh, wow. Automatic feeder. That's pretty cool. It's like a droid. It's like a Roomba, but it feeds the cat. That's cool. Sorry. That's on the podcast. We need, one, we need to get one of those. We the do not. Well, the cats would not love that. They would fight. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> when I first went to Boston, I was looking for a Starbucks, and there was the nothing <laughs> but Dunkin' Donuts Yeah, everywhere. that has since changed, actually. There are a has lot it? of Starbucks out there. Is... This was... Yeah, this is a while ago. Like the, this, there's a ago. lot of Starbucks, and most every hotel, which is a lot in, in Boston, finally has over, a huh? Starbucks in the yeah. lobby, or there's one around the corner. There's still a lot of Dunkies, wow. uh, but Dunkies are not really center city anymore. There's yeah. only wow. a handful. I mean, there, there's kind of sad. There's one that's every like, quarter mile. It's not like they're yeah. empty, but I'm just saying like it used to be like one every other block. Yeah. Yeah. So. They have better coffee. Caused you to kind of rethink how things could have been different if things had been a little bit more egalitarian. get stuck on that word. Egalitarian. Egalitarian. That's it. Yeah. More equitable. If that's. No, you can see Eric can't write women if you haven't figured out. No, no, no. Yeah, that's that's what I was. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't want to script that for you. Hey, Megan. Hey, Megan. <laughs> it's the opposite way. I think she starts off. Okay. This is brilliant. All right. Yeah. All right. Dunkin' Donuts has better drip coffee. They do not have an espresso machine. So if you want something espresso based, you have to like go to a work. latte. You go to Starbucks. If yes. you want regular ass coffee, go to Dunkin'. But you have Starbucks loyalty. I get it. Well, I mean, I can I can totally appreciate how they're an evil corporation, just like anyone else. But. <laughs> so is Donkeys. But Donkeys got, like, crossovers. They got, like, shoes and shit. Like, you can get Donkeys. This is way off topic. But speaking, <laughs> speaking of... It's still Boston. Spring Park Coffee all the way. There you go. That's... That Third Wave Coffee all the way. Third Wave Coffee. I need to reach out to that guy. He best best pumpkin spice latte, like, anywhere. Hey, Megan. <laughs> and Salem Village is now Danford, Massachusetts. Danvers. 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 Yeah. Risa. Sorry. And there was even. Hey Eric. Hey Justin. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to take another take on that one, or you yeah, yeah. But anyways, we should probably get back to. Oh, okay, real quick, real quick. So, speaking of Starbucks, I learned recently that they tried to get a foothold in Australia and they were just not having it because there's apparently another chain down there that the locals really love. I need to get MC on the show to talk about this specifically, but Starbucks like failed horribly there. What's the name of the chain? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I read about it once. I know but... that the, the main chain down there did come up with the flat white. So that we know the flat white today in America yeah. started in Australia, which yeah. throws me off because I'm like... I wouldn't be surprised if Starbucks ended up partnering with them or something like that. But the last I heard is that Starbucks kind of failed when they tried to really branch out there. So. I feel like a lot of stuff and in Australia. Italy, too, I think. Uh, well, because, well, obviously. I mean, they didn't, they didn't completely <laughs> collapse, but like... You know, you go to Italy, you're not going to drink at Starbucks. Uh, it's, the, Plus, yeah. it's the tourism factor. It's not just exclusively American. It's a lot of the Continentals come and they're like, 
I need my Starbucks, regardless if there's a cafe nearby. The problem That's is, ridiculous. this boils down to, this is an Italian thing. Yeah. Um, there is a different charge for taking a coffee sitting mm. down versus getting a coffee to go. That's And they all want you to sit down because then they get the extra fee. They get, right. There's literally a law yeah. <laughs> about how much, coffee is, how much coffee can be charged for in Italy. And it's basically like a, two euros a euro for like yeah. a standard coffee. Yeah. But if you sit down, yeah. they can charge you a table fee for that. Oh. So that's what they want you to do. Please have well, a seat. Have a seat. Do you want to see? It kind of you know, makes so. sense though, because I don't think that they take tips. No, it's all living mistaken. wage stuff. And they, yeah, yeah. So that kind of makes sense. But they also sense have nationalized healthcare, so it's not like you have to rely on your job for right. healthcare. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So they got it figured out. I don't yeah. blame them. Sorry to make it complicated. You know? <laughs> <laughs> have a drink. You know, we never had done, so we were just making it up as we go. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> now I got the giggles again. <laughs> Community is giving out candy to children in an attempt to curl. It's a little ice age, and it was even. There was a. That's what I was. I was trying to figure out. What could we say? Where? Yeah. Yeah. So on May twenty seventh, sixteen ninety two, Governor William Phipps. I hope I'm saying that right. Phipps. Phipps. Well, and we also. Have to, wait, wait, wait! Before we get into that, I know you're gonna. I know you're gonna segue, but I have, yeah, to, yeah, I have yeah. to explain something. Well, Megan, what was so, the last words? Oh no, we said it earlier. Yeah. I think we might have talked over you a little bit. Oh, we did it in sync too. It was yeah. <laughs> we can edit it. We can edit it. Um, Everything fixed in post. Yeah. 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 Now this is how this podcast usually goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the episode won't sound like this. Oh, so. yeah. I can imagine. But if it was down to like in Italy, you can only charge so much for coffee, so they want you to sit down. Healthcare, and they also have paid time off, and you know. Yeah. Maternity, maternity leave. leave, and leave and yeah, paternity, maternity. Oh man. And people yes. say we're the greatest country. I'm sorry, ever. don't most of the, like, <laughs> even the Eastern European nations have, like, free college up until, like, 24 years old or something like that, too? Oh, yeah, we're the Germany, only country that yes. hasn't figured this shit out yet. <laughs> Anyways. Hey, guys, we're talking about witches. Yeah, I'm so sorry. This Speaking is, of witches, going to go back to the This watch. is going to be a whole blooper segment, I'm sure. Yeah, and it's, it's all because so. of the purity. I went to Salem. Uh, did you know that they killed witches there? Yes, definitely. They suck. <laughs> do you want to be a sponsor donkeys <laughs> i would love that <laughs> definitely email can us. be paid in coffee <laughs> oh for sure and mary shelley's frankenstein <clears throat> sorry frankenstein everything's a subreddit it was just a bunch of bullshit well you got a bunch of uh, outtakes on this one so there you go